0: Are you having another Manic Monday? Whoa, whoa. No matter your title in the nonprofit world, are you always being asked to do more with less? More with less. Or maybe you're stuck doing the same thing with fewer resources.
1: Fewer
0: resources. Then the team at Agile and Nonprofits, a service of DH Leonard Consulting, will help nonprofit professionals just like you learn how to embrace an agile mindset and how to implement the Scrum framework in their team settings to help create twice the impact in half the time. You can learn more and download their free Getting Started with Scrum checklist at
1: agileinnonprofits.com. Because it's always just another Manic Monday. Well, hello there. I'm Kimberly Hayes de Muga. And I'm Amanda Day. And you know what? You're listening to the Fundraising Heyday podcast. We're here to help you make sense of the complex world of grant seeking and fundraising, including how to do those things. But we also want to... Talk about working together to change the whole world and system of philanthropy for the better.
0: And we've got new episodes dropping every two weeks and they typically include cheesy songs and sound effects because learning doesn't have to be boring,
1: y'all. And you don't always have to sing in tune to have a good time. (laughs) Thank goodness. This podcast is brought to you by our season six sponsor, D.H. Leonard Consulting and Grant Writing Services. Their team can help make grants less stressful by assisting you with grant readiness and training, grant research, grant writing, mock review, as well as providing numerous DIY resources, guides, and templates. Don't let grants stress you out. Did you know that with every Fundraising Heyday episode, we create a coordinating blog post on their website, dhleonardconsulting.com? Check it out today. So before we get started, I just wanted to let y'all know whether you're watching or listening or listening and watching or just listening, it doesn't matter. But we have a really big announcement about something cool and free. And we're going to talk to you about it at the end of today's episode. So shameless plug finished let's hop into what we're talking about today (laughs) um so think about today's episode as kind of just a big old layer cake um, of information about something that will affect every one of us regardless of whether you're writing this grant managing this grant or just existing somewhere in the united states um and you can think about that cake metaphor um even if you don't like cake but if you don't like cake like if there has never been a cake baked that pleaseth you who hurt you okay (laughs) just just that's all I want to that's it that's it
0: yeah I'm right there with you love me some cake but before we get into great into grants or cake or any other topic that we've been baking up see what I did there I want to first make sure that we recognize National Nonprofit Day, which is August 17th. Yep. Um, and the nonprofit field represents 10% of the United States economy. So, which I I don't think I knew that till we did some research on it's this. So, big. And it's big. It is big. And it's a great time this month to recognize volunteers and staff and partners and supporters and basically everybody and everything that helps you come together and do the work that makes a positive difference in the communities that you serve. So um, also, I would like to say too, that August is um, national black philanthropy month as well. It
1: is. It is. So it's a great time. It's always a great time. You don't have to wait for black history month or black philanthropy month to reach out to your friends who are in colleagues who are black and are um, in philanthropy. This is a year round discussion, but I think it's great to have a special month to recognize all the wonderful things that um, black philanthropists and grant professionals and fundraisers and nonprofit leaders are doing, especially when you look at the fact that securing particularly grant funding for agencies that are led by black people and other people of color is not an easy thing still.
0: Yep. So let's try um, and to and check. I, very true. So I
1: also want to, point out a little
0: scheduling thing going on we teased up at the end of our last episode where we talked with art cerner we teased up that today we were going to be talking with um um an individual or two about this nonprofit partnership program schedules can be complicated when you've got four plus people you're trying to get on on the air in the middle of crazy grant deadline season so we couldn't align schedules so We're gonna regroup. That'll happen at a future time. Um, But you know, Kimberly and I always have a whole host of topics to discuss. So um, we're gonna spend some quality time today with the BIL, and that's the Bipartisan Infrastructure Law.
1: I would just I would just like to point out that it's always good quality time, you know, whether or not went with scheduling or whatever. And if you don't know what the heck we're talking about. Don't worry about it. Let's get into it. Let's go. Let's go there. We go. Yep. Moving so on. So, BI, we're going to call it BIL, right? Bipartisan infrastructure law. Um, a brief background so it's around about well, 1.2 trillion with a T dollars. So, some huge transformative, um, law to to. Transform, enhance, and augment all sorts of vital projects across the country. I feel like we
0: we need a sound effect when we're suddenly talking about trillions. Like cha-ching! I mean, that's a trillions. That's a lot of money to be putting into things. Yeah,
1: yeah. Okay, okay. Let's go. One point two trillion dollars. Cha-ching! There we go. Amanda Day for the win. So that's it's multiple federal agencies, multiple funding cycles. Some of you listening may be already, your little eyes may be twitching. You may already be going, yes, it's true. But, you know, (laughs) it's, there's all kinds of things to think about, you know, and there's the whole justice 40 concept that is woven into BIL as well as the American rescue act and um, some other major funding cycles. Um, So we just wanted to, take this episode to sort of dive into BIL and how to find opportunities that match your grant funding needs and also talk about justice 40 and how it can intersect and should rightfully so intersect with this what is it how do you find out more about it and how do you measure it um so so that's just where we are man we're just we're just here we're just here we're just we're just. Two women of a certain age with some stuff to share. We're here for you. I like it. So um, let's kick off with some basics. Um, I'm going I'm to read
0: a couple of these things because I want to make sure I get everything I accurate. Know. So in November 2021, President Biden signed into law the Infrastructure Investments and Job Act, which is IIJA. Um, they've changed the name to Bipartisan Infrastructure Law. Well, I think
1: did. it's like the nick. they've nicknamed it they've BIL. It. There you go. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's it also like like Obamacare. Acronym. You know, yes. it's like they just we're like we're calling it that. Like, there's certain policies that our current president Joe Biden is calling Bidenomics. I'm like, okay, yeah, you know, that's what okay. it
0: is. Yeah. Um, and so that 1.2 trillion dollar. It breaks down approximately into the following categories. So we've got roads and bridges at $110 billion. Also (laughs) (laughs) public transit at $39 billion. Passenger and freight rail at $66 billion. Electric vehicles at $7.5 billion. Internet access, $65 billion modernizing the electric grid 65 billion airports 25 billion i bet atlanta could use all of that all at once right
1: they're so, always constructing something down there i was down there the other day for a meeting around there and i'm like y'all are building another runway and it seems to be coming across this road okay yep Then
0: we also have water and wastewater at $55 billion. So it's a lot of money spread out over a lot of different agencies, okay? And that doesn't even include the Inflation Reduction Act and the American Rescue Plan. So more money through those um, programs as well. So basically, it's all great news, right? We've got millions of dollars of awards that are already out there. Some people yep. have already received funding, but there's still more available. And there's a critical component
1: needed to secure this funding. And that's
0: where we're going to get started. So
1: that's where the uh, Justice 40 that I mentioned comes into play here. So uh, let me talk a little bit more about that. And I'll be glancing down. If you're watching this on YouTube, don't at me cause I'm looking down because we want to make sure we get it right. So they will be glancing at notes. So let's all, let's all appreciate thoroughness, you know? So again, as Amanda said, justice 40 cuts across BIL IRA and, um, American rescue plan. We're focusing today on BIL because it's a mighty, mighty thing. So, um, We just wanted to make sure that we also teased out Justice 40. Think about Justice 40 as sort of a lens to view all of these grant opportunities. It's kind of, it's a nickname, just like BIL, right? It's a nickname for Executive Order 14008, which does not roll off the tongue, I have to say. (laughs) But Justice 40 stands for 40% of the overall benefits of certain federal investments, right? So grants in this particular case, 40% of the overall investment that they're making through our example today, BIL, must go to disadvantaged communities that are marginalized, underserved, and or overburdened by pollution. And you may be asking yourself, well, well, that's what the census is for. I've got this or, oh, yeah, I know. It'll be we've we've got all of this and we can demonstrate it. Not so fast. Amanda's going to come in in a few minutes and kind of talk you through the tool that you need to use to do that. And she's talked to folks who have direct experience and is going to be sharing that with you. Mm-hmm. So when you're looking at um, um, Justice 40, you know, we talked about disadvantaged communities, marginalized um, overburdened by pollution and underserved. Justice 40 is also playing a big role in BIL and other funding sources that are including things like affordable and sustainable housing, training and workforce development, and remediation and reduction of legacy pollution, which kind of ties into the big four of over that one about being overburdened by pollution, right? Because it's no secret. It's no secret that if you're poor um, and you're living in a neighborhood, that there, whether other people of low income and you're a person of color, chances are the environmental issues are going to be deeper and stronger and more harmful than if you are not living in those. That is not me pontificating. That's just some facts. So kind of going along with that, Justice 40, that lens is also really going to come into play around bigger projects, municipalities, counties, states working on um, critical clean water and wastewater issues. So that, so that we don't have, well, Flint, Michigan is still ongoing, isn't it? I'm like, so we don't have another Flint, Michigan fair, but we also need to clean up what's happening in Flint, Michigan or Jackson, Mississippi. Just some yeah. examples of places where people of color are not having access to the things that they need and the the thinking behind Justice 40 in this sort of government programming giant uh, infrastructure program is to ensure that funding and planning around these issues that affect these communities goes into each of the grants. So. That's kind of where we are, just sort of that's the overview. And um, Amanda's got some more details about Justice 40. So all of these programs that require Justice
0: 40, you are required to engage in stakeholder consultation to ensure that community stakeholders are meaningfully meaningfully involved in determining program benefits. So you don't just get to come in and say, Hey, here's the answer. So I going to fix the problem. You need to really be engaging, whether that's public meetings, whether that's there's all kinds of examples of ways that you can do that.
1: And yeah, you, know, you should straight up be doing that anyway. If you Absolutely. do not reflect the communities you serve, you should, you should be doing that. You should be doing that. They don't, so. I noticed they don't give a lot of details about it. They're like, you should be doing this. Silence. so So, there are a lot of ways to approach it and there are some talks about setting up federal centers for this kind of work but it's talk right now and y'all know stuff coming out of washington can take a moment yep so and well and that's something to
0: know going into it because you know how often federal grants get released and often when you have 30 days to get the application ready doesn't give you a whole lot of time to start thinking about oh we need to have a public meeting because you've got to have time to set that up so these are things if you're thinking about hey we know this grant is coming down the pike go ahead and start with that public um, stakeholder consultation right
1: would you just be Um, doing that so that you understand how to develop programs it's a smart idea. I'm just saying.
0: Um, yep. And it's important to know that covered programs are also required to report data on the benefits directed to disadvantaged communities. So it's not just you've got to engage them on the front hand. You actually have to do the work and show how it actually benefits the intended audience, which is which is dumb moment. You,
1: yeah, you should be doing that anyway. They're just putting it in writing, but they're not telling you how, and they're not necessarily giving you money to do that. Just yeah. saying. Yep. So I do have a couple of resources and examples um, for how this looks like
0: an action. So the first thing is the Climate and Economic Justice Screening Tool, or CEJST. That's its acronym. <laughs> it's a geospatial mapping tool to identify disadvantaged communities that are marginalized, underserved, and overburdened by pollution. You must use this when you calculate justice 40 for your BIL and other grants. So basically, it is taking that... Um, census data. It's within a mapping tool. So if you are an organization that, you know, knows exactly the footprint of where you're serving, this is an incredible tool. And I've got a couple of examples here. Um, so my husband actually, he works for the county where we live. And so he was going for funding for a countywide um transportation plan they were it was a safety plan so they knew because they had been collecting data for years you know what were some maybe the intersections and roads and spots where we're having the most accidents the most deaths those kinds of things and are wanting to be able to study these areas to determine what safety features can later be implemented to help reduce accidents and deaths and injuries so good thing So he was able to go on here, use the map, figure out, okay, where are all the corridors and areas and the impact areas that we're going to be affected through this, put that in there, and the data will basically spit out, okay, based on these census tracts where all this work is happening, it will tell you what percentage is meeting the Justice 40. And if you've got your 40% or more, then you're good. If it's less, then you may have to reconfigure where you're doing your work, right? So... Um, That's kind of how it works. Now, one thing I I will point out is what my husband thought was going to be some of the higher areas were not because when he first started thinking about this, he was using the 2020 census data. When he got into this tool, they are actually using 2010 census data in this tool. Now, they may have thoughts updated. and feelings, thoughts a, and feelings. And it may have been updated since then. It's been a few months ago since he um, worked on this application. So I'm hoping they have. But just know if you go in, if it's not quite like what you think it is, it could be because they're still using 2010 data within this tool.
1: And you still have to use that tool to demonstrate your Justice40 lens on your grants. We are not saying that this is a well thought out thing that we are totally enamored with. We are just sharing what it is. Yep. Um,
0: so, I also talked to another friend who works for a city, and he knew going into it, if he was trying to do something citywide, there's no way their city would ever meet the Justice 40. Requirement just the entire city, the entire city, city, right? The entire city, because it's got to be forty percent of your whole project. So if you're trying to do a project that covers your whole city, he's like, "I knew we wouldn't meet it." He goes, "I knew we had some census tracks throughout our city that those alone would." So that's where they focused their work is like knowing, "Hey, this is an area that needs X Y Z infrastructure," so we're just going to do work here, and by focusing on those areas. You know, it was almost like 100 percent meeting the requirement of Justice 40 because he was, you know, he was way over the 40 percent um, because he was focusing projects specifically on there rather than doing citywide things. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, talked to another friend, a uh, grant consultant that was working on a grant for a university. And she said she found it very, very difficult because when she's providing work for students, she's like, they don't they come from all over the country and so trying she said they had to get, they had to figure out some workarounds i believe i don't know exactly what all they did but she just said it was very complicated because it wasn't like they weren't a county that like this is our boundaries we're a university yes we're located here but we're serving a population that actually residents is a lot of other places so she goes justice 40 is in this this mapping tool she goes it's not necessarily a one-size-fits-all, easy-to-use thing, depending on what your project is. So just That's take true. that in, into consideration as you're working on those things, okay? Um, the other tool I want to share is the Interim Justice40 Implementation Guidance. This was issued by the Office of Management and Budget, or o in July 2021.
1: Um, so, Oh, and it's the most recent we could find, right? Yes. And and if there's a new one floating around out there, let us know. But as of the recording, that was the most recent, even though we are in 2023. So put that out there.
0: And so this is just a helpful tool to understand the source documentation of what the requirement is and why the requirement exists. Understanding that will help you to better meet what that requirement is. And Mm so nowhere is there a perfect step-by-step. This is exactly how you do it. But to have that information can be really helpful. Um, I also talked to another grant consultant, not a consultant, uh, a grant person who's embedded within a huge county um, that like they get billions of dollars every year before BIL ever even showed up. Just a huge county because they've got ports and they've got airports and they've got all kinds of things. Um, and he was talking about a big part of his work was trying to tie all of his different departments together because he's like, it's not just that you're building a road. It's you're thinking about what is this road connecting? Is there pedestrian connectivity does it connect to transit does it connect to the resources that people that are going to be using this road needs and so he goes it's not just hey i need to talk to my road department we're going to build a road he is i really need to be bringing in people from housing people from nonprofits, people from transit people from this to really make sure that we're looking through a lens of how is this infrastructure truly going to help the community that we're serving and it's more than a road um so just a lot of different things to think about. So that's I, since Kimberly and I have yet to write a BIL application, we wanted to speak to people who have, who could give us some firsthand knowledge of like boots on the ground. This is what it's like. Um, So we could pass that along to you.
1: Um, Another resource that I, this one I love because Amanda knows I have an intense love affair with my WSB channel Two weather app. On my phone <laughs> and she's I not love looking at the radar and i realize i may be sounding like i am an 80 year old little old fan because it seems to me in my life experience that it's mostly little old men who just love and delight and are fascinated with the weather but be that as it may i love weather map and radar um so i was thrilled to find this it's um it's um gsa what is that government service general administration. service administration. general service administration Set the um like the per diem rates the government agency. And i just i always want to break down G, um acronyms and then i realize that i'm so bad at that because i'm so used to just saying gsa so thank you for that general services administration they're like the fine print agency for the federal yes. government right where it's yeah. like fill out this form and it must be done this way and da da, GSA, but they have this this map that um it's a series of maps um and then it, and it's related directly to BIL right so I'm bringing it back y'all don't don't despair so it's called the the I want to get this right the data to decisions digital dashboard which is do do if you <laughs> are i um, using an acronym and it's a fantastic seriously it's a fantastic overview resource particularly if you are talking if people have questions about this because you can they they update it monthly so it's not like you know in real time but it's super useful to look and see and it's all about where bil funding has gone and that's usually like two months back you know like for example july they were talking about um uh, grants yeah. by the end of May, if that makes sense. But okay. you can go on and look at that and then you you know, you know can click on maps and drill down. I used it on my uh, desktop workstation area, not on my phone, so I can't speak to how good it is on the phone, um, on a smartphone. But it was so useful to drill down and see by state what's going on. They break it down by um, discretionary and formula. So you can look at grants that are competitive, aka discretionary, and you can also see the grants that are formula which are passed down through states and states distribute them into certain communities based on a federally designed and approved formula that may be related to, you know, different aspects of demographics, population, income, um, all sorts of things that go into that. So um, it's a, it's a, while I wouldn't go to it as let's, let me find out which grant opportunities are open now. No, but to go through and get like an overview, to talk through the BIL process with clients or uh, or your, your employer, um, to explain this and also track what's going on, not only across the country, but in your state around this. It can ju- And also to drill down and see if you are working for a municipality or county and you see, I'll use Georgia as an example, that two counties over, they already got a grant to do this thing. Oh, maybe you want to pick up the phone or get to tap it on your keyboard and connect and Mm -hmm. see how their experience was if you were thinking about the same thing. So, um, it's, Oh, I would so do that.
0: Yeah. right. I mean, I've never
1: written one. I'd be calling all kinds of people for advice. I mean, and it's, it's free. It's free. If you have access to the interwebs, it is free and you can find it. So I was just real thrilled about that. And, um, you can also access data sets, which, yes, I downloaded because freakishly nerdy about certain things sometimes, um, where you can look at, um, you can, like, go through and analyze their the actual data set that was used to create these maps. So if you really wanted to drill down into more detail, you were preparing a, a presentation, or you just like looking at things not in a map, Also, also who hurt you because really? But you may not. You may be a different kind of learner, and a spreadsheet may be your love language, I am not i I'm judging a little, but I'm really not judging. That could be the way to go. So you can download data sets and all of that. Much like the census information, it is free. And I'm always delighted when there's something good from the from that is free and it's from the government and it like works. Because those things don't always go hand in hand. But um it's there for you. Your tax dollars at work. So yep. data to decisions, digital dashboards. And when we're talking about this um, podcast and um we'll put it in we'll you know we'll put it in and we'll put links on our YouTube channel, you know. Yeah, well this.
0: actually um we've mentioned a ton of resources and you're probably like great, but it would be really nice to have the exact link. We'll put them we'll do some show notes on our website. So if you want to mosey on over to heydaysur dot com, that's the best place. We don't we don't typically do show notes, but when we have something like this that we want to get you right to the source, we're gonna do some show notes for this one. So heydayservices.com and find this episode and under season six and there'll be some great links for you there all the stuff we've talked about today
1: and we are exploring transcriptions and other ways to make our podcast more accessible to people that's in the works and it's probably going to be rolling out with season seven as we figure out what's going to work best for us so just wanted to let you know we just really want to make sure that we're um, accessible to everyone who would like this information and it's just a process and we appreciate your patience as we work through it there you go so I guess a bottom line here um, is that BIL and other newer federal grant programs and all all kinds of grant programs really I mean just the big big picture that these programs all sorts of grant cycles private public they have the power to transform communities for the better, I feel like we can all agree on that, and that's always that's sort of my eye on the prize that's sort of my true north that's the lodestone that gets me through a lot of grant projects where I'm just like, Good Lord in heaven, really, with your attachments and your portals and all this it's like no, it's for there's a crater good, and I need to keep my eye on it um but Like any grant opportunities, particularly these big ticket grant awards like BIL, there can sometimes be this, uh, sometimes, what am I, I'm like trying to be all nice about it. Y'all know there's some people who are not familiar with grants that get the fever for the flavor of the big grant items and they just want to chase that money and it may or may not be the best fit you may or may not already have systems in place to make your nonprofit, municipality, county, or or tribal organization competitive in this. Because as much as I don't like that the the fact that that grants are competitive, they are, and that is just the nature of the beast. So having this information and understanding what's behind these huge um, programs as a grant professional or as someone who is grant adjacent wherever you may be um, will help you ultimately help your agency and oftentimes the leaders the commissioners the mayors the board members who may not have a firm grasp of how this works and may be tempted and it's easy to understand to just go. Well, we need some of that bil money. Let's go get. I don't know why. I don't know why I always adopt that sort of pseudo foghorn leghorn voice when I'm talking. Just an image I have in my head, right? A product of my upbringing, as much as I struggle against it sometimes. But I say, I say, I say, I say. What I love about this, though, is that at least there's that. Even though the tool, the the mapping, the climate, um. I'm sorry, the the, the mapping tool um, that you need to use around Justice 40, maybe using outdated data, the intent that anything that goes through needs to have this kind of thought put into it can go a long way to righting those wrongs on a systemic level of, you know, Centuries, decades of all kinds of systems, policies, regulations, funding practices, banking practices that have made it harder for people of color to access the resources that are available to to white people so um, but also looking at like rural communities, whether they're majority white or people of color who also have issues accessing these kinds of programs and services it's like i'm excited that it's here in this particular program i hope it stays in place on all in all places where it makes the most sense which would be around these huge um, sort of capital projects and programs that purport to serve these communities i'm all for it but i'm also recognizing that it places an additional burden um, on an already burdened process. I yeah. do think it's a step in the right direction. And I do think it is always the right thing to do to make sure that the community's priorities or your client's priorities or the community you serve, that those priorities are coming first. I mean, it just makes good sense. Um, yeah. it's just And it's just the right thing to do. Yep.
0: Yeah. So, well, and I would say too, it was interesting. Uh, my husband's written a grant or two over the years, just because he works in local government. And when you work at a city or a County that does not have a grant person, you either do it or you just don't get the grant money. Right. So he's certainly has a view in his past, but it was interesting because he did a lot of nights and weekends leading up to the deadline. Cause he was doing it on top of his regular <laughs> job and um, hearing him make a lot of the same complaints you and I've made about, um, the Grants.gov portal, the limit. He was like, I have so much to say and I only have this much space. And I'm like, Welcome. Fire, Welcome my friend.
1: to our yes. world.
0: Welcome. Come in. Hello. Yes. Hi. Hi. But man. the trick is he knows the information he's talking about. Like he is a subject matter expert in what he was writing about. He understands the public information process because that's what he does all the time. With He deals with zoning and building. And so he knows that. And he's a darn good writer. He may not be a grant writer by trade, but he knows how to write and to communicate. So those skills let him in that. He actually, they got funding. So they got, the, I think the second largest award in Georgia. He was so proud of that um, as he should Thankfully
1: be. Thankfully so. Uh, especially we live in,
0: yeah. We're not, we're not in Atlanta here. And so he was very happy to be able to get this, the second biggest plan. You area.
1: are in the Atlanta MSA, the yes. Metropolitan yes. Statistical we're Area. Yeah.
0: Barely. Wow. We're the,
1: we're at the very top.
0: Yeah. So, smaller, more rural community in regard, I guess, compared to downtown Atlanta for sure. So, certainly. No but either way, no matter who you are that's writing, having to write and deal with these grants, I get that it can seem overwhelming, especially as all these programs seem to be coming out at once. Um, I know a lot of grant people, in particular, that work for local governments, especially that are just up to their eyeballs and deadlines right now. So, um, the trick is to remember that everybody's in the same boat. Okay, just like every other grant, when that RFP comes out, you want to read it, you want to read it for content. If you're like, what are you talking about? We have an episode of one or two episodes ago that actually talks about how to read a federal RFP. So that may help you out. But you want to read it. If you have questions, do not be afraid to call your funder. And if you're not used to federal grants, let me tell you, there will always be at least one contact. That is their job. I have asked questions like, In section three, question two, I don't understand the question. Can you help me clarify this? I have talked to funders going, hey, this is the project we think we want to do. I feel like it fits, but before I spend all this time, I'd love to walk you through it and make sure I'm on the right track. Some of them will actually help give you guidance sometimes they may say well do what you think is best after reading the rfp but you never know until you ask so don't be afraid to ask your funder for help um and again pay attention to those deadlines because they ain't kidding about it if it's due at midnight on thursday august 3rd guess what it's due at midnight on thursday august 3rd and so there is no wiggle room so take a deep breath do
1: what you can good luck godspeed and Hope this was helpful. <laughs> so, as always, um, we're just so glad that you choose to listen to fundraising heyday. Right, makes all the difference. Amanda and I love boy. We can yak about anything, but it's like it's just such a it's been such a special um, experience since 2017, really, to yeah. put all this together. But we're not just doing it for ourselves. Obviously, we're doing it for y'all and to learn and share and just sort of go along this journey together. And so we're branching out as one should do. And we have this cool new free thing that's coming up and, um, we are recording this. This is, this is um, an announcement of a cool free thing that is taking place in August, 2023. I mean, September, 2023. Um, Recorded in August 2023, about September 2023, because I know a lot of people go back and listen to our episodes later. So there'll be other cool free things, don't despair. But this particular cool free thing is um, uh, we're hosting a live, free, ask us anything about grants. Ask us anything about grants. And so it's Wednesday, September the 13th from 2 to 3.30 p.m. That's right. 90 minutes of asking us grant-related questions, and you don't send them in advance. You ask the question, you put it in the chat, or you put it in the Q&A, and we go at it. So um, it's um, 2 to 3.30 Eastern, and one of we're real pleased that Kim Joyce and Associates is um, sponsoring this for us so that it can be free. Right? It can be free for y'all. And And so thanks for that. And if you want to register for this, it is free, but you need to register to get in there because we have limited attendance. Right. So go on over to our website, heydayservices.com. That's H A Y D A Y Services.com. And you'll find it on like the landing page. And you can click and register. And that's it. And then you'll have a link and um, we will see you there. Thank you again to our season six
0: sponsor, D.H. Leonard Consulting and Grant Writing Services. We appreciate their support in making grants less stressful. Visit their website, dhleonardconsulting.com to download their latest resources today. We're so honored you chose to spend time with us today. Be sure to join us again in two weeks. We've got a guest interview that covers things like getting what you're worth as a grant professional. We're talking artificial intelligence, business building, and just so much more. So you don't want to miss this interview. We'll see you then, folks. Bye. Bye.